a good song. All right. So get rid of the pulpit one again. Unplug me up there. This one here. Got it? All right. First Peter chapter number three. We're going to rehearse this a little bit since we wasn't here last Sunday night in in Second Peter plus of the word likewise. Go back and grab a little bit of the thoughts here. And we're just going to deal with the ladies tonight. But then, but then when we get down, if you'll notice, when we get down to verse number 7, it also says, likewise ye husbands. <laughs> so we'll get to that one. But notice there's only one verse. Yeah, there's only one, one verse of Scripture on the husbands and six verses for the women here. So. <laughs> so anyway, but... Um, but going back here, and uh, we'll read the first six verses here, First Peter chapter three. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation, your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of, of the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day. Thank you for the visitors that was here uh, this morning. I pray that you'd put it in their hearts to return and come back again. I know I'll be dealing with him uh, some, and I pray that uh, through it all, Lord, we can reach reach them for Thy glory. I pray and ask that you be with Roy and Virginia. Thank you for letting them return. I pray that you work in their lives together. Continue to work in Freddie Senior's heart and life, and uh, Lord, others that are not here and, and didn't show up this morning. I pray that you work in their hearts. Lord, again, help us to be the light that we ought to be before them, and Lord, may they know. Uh, where they can come when they want the truth. I pray and ask that you would uh, just move upon them to come. And again, we pray that you'll draw them and save them. For it's everlasting too late. Thank you, Lord, again for the meeting, what you've done in our hearts then, and uh, not, not only our hearts, but the hearts of our visitors. I pray and ask that you will bless the night in the word of God. As it goes out, speak to our hearts. And as we look into thy word, we ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Be with brother. Halt tonight, Lord, if he did have a heart attack or whatever's going on, that they have the health issues, pray for Brother Bryant and Brother Sutton and uh, the other men of God that's up in years that uh, we love and care for, Brother Albert Harden, another man that, uh, Lord, he's been faithful through the years, Brother Herbert Williamson and his health issues. Touch each of these men and give grace and help to them. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. And amen. All right, so likewise. So that brings us back to chapter number two, and we kind and we 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 dealt with the the um, servants, 
here at the end of chapter number 2, verse number 18, servants be subject, there's that word again, so likewise ye women, I'm sorry, ye wives be in subjection, so we see the word subject there again here in chapter number 2, being under the power and dominion of another, all right, so he's talking about the servants here in chapter number 2, uh, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. What glory is it when, what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye, sh- ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. And notice it says here in verse number 18, not only, it says be subject, be. You know, and, and I looked at is to be fixed, to exist, to have a real state or existence or a longer or shorter time to be fixed. You know, and, and one of the things about the word be, even though it's in italics, italics in, in, in their King James Bibles, it was an added word to make the sentence mean, you know, give it some structure to our English language, but be is an action upon ourselves. It's something that we have to do within ourselves. We have to, we have to purpose in ourselves to be these things. Amen. Servants, and then we're getting to the wives here in just a moment. But servants, we had to be, and we're basically saying, I am going to do this, and, and we're going to fix ourselves in this, whether it's an attitude or whether it's a, an action, we have got to be, and that, that, is a, that is something that we do ourselves. And so it says, be subject, be under the power and dominion of another. So, and he talks about, in, and just rehearsing this, in chapter number two, you know, there's the ones that, you know, maybe both the, 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 the master and the servant, if you want to put it that way, are Christians, and it's easy to be subject, subject under them. But it's def, diff, uh, more difficult, there we go, to be subject to those that, the Bible tells, uses the word froward, and, and uh, you know, that's not... Uh, it's easy to do the ones that's good and gentle, but the ones that are froward also, the ones that's not so good and gentle, the ones that maybe is not saved. And you're trying to live a saved Christian life, and I appreciate God giving um, Chris favor, you know, with the fella in his second job in the fact of, you know, when he asked off for Friday uh, to be allow him to, to get off. Huh? What? And church camp, and so and and showing him favor, showing him favor in that way in his second job, and uh, lots of times it is because of this one part. If you will be in the subjection of them in a normal time and do, then that you know the God sometimes it earns a little bit of favor and one thing or another. But uh, but he says, and so for this is thankworthy for the servant is again worthy of thanks. Uh, we, we pointed that out the last time. Verse number 20 is acceptable of God if you suffer for it and take it patiently. It is acceptable uh, with God. 
And in verse number 21, leaving us example that we should follow his steps. All right, so again, Christ is our example. He suffered for, here, for even hereunto uh, were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. We suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself. And again, that's that being subject, he committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So he is our example. We could turn, if you want to, but you pretty much know the scripture. In, in Philippians 2 verse 5, let this mind, here it is again, be in you. That's something again, that's a, that is an internal purpose within yourself that you're going to do this. Like the servants had to, and like Philipp, Paul told the Philippian church, let this mind be in you again. We as an individual need to take Christ's example that we just read about and turn it inward to ourselves. I can't make you, and you can't make me. <laughs> we have to internally just, just affix within ourselves that we are going to do these things, purpose within ourselves. Um, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him, him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So he is our example. He, he, he was subject unto God the Father when he prayed not my will but thine be done. And there's where it comes with servants and masters. You know, he says, do. that was one of the things that I tried to instill in my son, Jesse. He was going to have to just learn the hard way like his oldest brother, Joshua. Now, Andrew and Philip are different. But Joshua and Jesse, bless their hearts. <laughs> Uh, Joshua bragged that he had to learn the hard way. I'm going to learn it the hard way. I'm going to learn it my way, and if it's the hard way. And he has, and I, he has softened in his older age. But I'm just telling you, at the end, of, in his late teens and early 20s, whew. and Jesse, you know, I, you know, I have, I mean, I have no problem if I, if I am the, if I'm the servant in the situation and I'm not the leader and you tell me to do something, how do you want it done? I'm going to try to do it the way you want it done. If I think that it could be done better or if I've learned a lesson or two in my life and could point that out and you will allow me to do it my way, I'm going to do it my way. I mean, I'll do it my way. But if you don't want me to do it my way, you may do it your way, I'm going to do it exactly the way you want it done. But Jesse didn't learn that yet. <laughs> I'm like, Jesse, mow where it blows out. 
not in on top of the grass you're getting ready to mow because you're just making it thicker. Tried to explain it to him, and he had it in his mind some other way, and he blowed in. Okay. We went through that two or three different times, and okay, you're just making harder work on you. I'm trying to help you out. Going well. Okay, fine. You'll learn. But see, he had to be. Now, yeah, I could have took a limb to him or I could have done it myself. (laughs) But he would have had to make the determination that he was going to be in subject to me. I can't, again, you know, I could have taken a a limb to him. um, But then I would probably wind up doing it myself in the first place. So sometimes it's easier just to do it yourself. So anyway. But... um, but he had to be. He had to purpose with himself. And Christ was our example. Christ became a servant. Christ Amen. subjected himself under the will of the Father. Amen. So he was our example in this, in chapter 2. Likewise, okay, everything that we just said about, about it's thankworthy, it's acceptable of God, uh, following him in his steps, all this applies Chapter 3, verse number 1. Likewise, what that's all about. As we talked about the servants being subjected to the master, likewise ye wives be in subjection to your own husbands. And again, the act of subduing, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of a running joke, kind of, sort of, maybe, and I've, I've hit it maybe a little bit, but I've, I know I've mentioned it here. And it's so good. Um, let me see here. When I told you about the um, the preacher that preached the twenty third psalm at a wedding, <laughs> and the one preacher said, "What? You don't preach Psalm twenty three at a wedding. You preach that at a funeral." And I know the preacher. I'd love to have him out here one of these days. I mean, there's so many preachers I love and would love to have out. But he he preached it. It was his daughter's wedding. And uh, as as the as the pastor took the text in Psalm 23 at this wedding, the the other preacher on the back row going, you know, what is that all about? And then the 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 pastor of the church looked at the groom and said, if you will be the shepherd in Psalm 23. And he looked at the, the bride and said, and you'll be the sheep in Psalm 23. said, then you'll have a good marriage. So then the fellow on the back, he just said, his mind just started going through Psalm 23 in that aspect. You know, the husband is my shepherd. Bride saying that. They're going through Song of Solomon there in, in, the, in the ladies' Sunday school room. But this will preach. I mean, the bride is my, I mean, the groom is my shepherd. I shall not want the bride saying that. I mean, it'll just preach. It's good. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I mean, he's to be the protector. The husband is to be the protector in the home. He's to be the provider of the home. And so on and so forth. And yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will feel no evil. And there's the protector. For thou art with me. He's there, but here's where we joked around. For thy rod, <laughs> thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, depending on how you want to look at that, the husband taking a rod to the wife, 
and beating her into subjection. No, that's not what it's talking about. I think the rod and the staff, the sheep finds comfort in the shepherd, not because the sheep necessarily is getting beat, although if you're not chastened by the father, then you're a bastard, not a son. And you can take it that way, but I think the fact that the shepherd has a rod and has a staff to defend the sheep, you know, just like I have a rod and staff to defend my wife. All right? Now, I'm not going to use this on my wife, but you come at my wife, I'm going to defend her. I've, and she's, I'm here protection. You know? So in that light, it, it'll preach. But we joked around about taking the rod and beating the sheep, you know, that kind of thing, into subjection. And that's not what it's talking about. Because, you know, there are some people... And we're going to see the woman in Proverbs chapter uh, chapter 7, I think it is. We're going to see her in a little bit. There are some folks that's just stubborn. And you can, you can just, I mean, you're not going to make them do anything. And you're just not. And that's just the way they are, and they're bullheaded. And so you just separate from them, and they're going to go on their own way, and they're going to learn, their, they might learn that lessons the hard way. Or they might not ever learn the lessons the hard way. And their way is hard. The Bible talks about the way of the transgressor is hard. And it is hard. They, they're just not, you're not going to bow them. You're not going to break them. You're not going to steer them. You're not going to do nothing. They're just not going to be that way. So when it says, likewise ye wives, be, that is an internal attitude that you are going to within yourselves Submit. That's tough. It's tough for the servant to the master sometimes, especially my master, being who she is. Not just, I know what the Bible says, but I am. I'd rather I have a male supervisor and a male commander. I don't. So I go to work. They say do, I do. Is it the best of everything? No. But that's my master. Is it in the right order? No. That's the world's order. But I be. <laughs> Likewise, you wives, you be. That means, Lord, this man that you've given me, he's hard to live with. However, Lord, according to the word of God, I am supposed to be in subjection. So within yourself, internally purposing to be in subjection. So the act of subduing, and the sub- subduing is yourself, <laughs> your flesh. And, and, you know, that I am going to fall under the line of the leadership of my husband. The state of being under the power, control, and government of another. So and that's another thing, too, that young people need to be taught, especially at the marriage altar, before the marriage altar. Got these mamsy-pamsy, soft men, young men. <laughs> and you got the strong-willed woman that runs the home. Not the way it's, that's not God's order. We need to teach our boys 
as they're growing up to be the man. We need the ladies. There's talks about, there's another passage of scripture about the older women teaching the younger women. I think we discussed that. You had to teach the younger women to love their husband. They are not going to do it naturally. <laughs> Sometimes we're hard to love. I had some shoes. I sat on the love seat. Everybody's been in my house. You know where my love seat is. Took my shoes off. But so people won't trip over them. I put them over here on the end of the love seat. And they stayed there a little bit longer than they should. When I picked them up, Lisa said, I was wondering when you was going to get those. <laughs> I said, I got it, I got it. Just not as quick as what she would have liked to me to have got it. So, but there again, you know, we're hard to love sometimes. But at the same time, it's an internal, I am going to be in, sub- in subjection to my husband. So likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your, here's another one that I've highlighted, own husbands. And I know that there's ladies that have to work, single ladies, widow ladies, uh, so on and so unmarried ladies sometimes. My daughter Anna, before she got married, she worked. But as a married woman... Working in the workforce, now, just like I have to be in subjection to a woman, which is not the right line of things, women, married women in the workplace, go down to the work station and they are in subjection, potentially, to another man, which is not your husband. And sometimes that can cause a difficult because, you know, in fact, especially if what's being told to do down at the workhouse goes contrary to what the husband's telling. Now, she's in a conflict. It says to be in subjection to your own husbands, not somebody else's husband. And it goes into churches too. I'm just going to tell you now. I think I've told you before, and I'll tell you in the future. I am not <laughs> your husband. I'm only the husband of one in here. You know, and, and, there, and so lots of times, again, going back to the weak husband, sometimes the women are looking for leadership. And if the strong leader happens to be the pastor of the church or the strong leader happens to be the, the boss down at the work, they're looking for some leadership. And lots of times they'll turn to a pastor. And that's where a lot of things go awry in churches. Amen. They'll turn to the pastor looking for leadership in the home because their husband's not leading like he's supposed to. And then, but it's not that way. Look, I, I'm going to strive to give you the word of God on things. And there might be things that you do within your house that I would do differently in my house. There may be things that you would do differently that you do down at your house that I don't necessarily see that it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'll try to lead you spiritually, but look, I'm not going to have to answer for decisions you men make down at your house. You are. You 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 have a, a question about things. I'll try to give you God's word on it. 
But when it comes down to it, I don't answer for you. You answer for you to God. You are the man of the house. You are the leadership of your home. Because we read that Christ is the head of the husband. (laughs) And the husband is the head of the wife. And it's in that order. It doesn't go... And I know some preachers, and I know some churches. It doesn't go husband, I mean wife, husband, pastor, Christ. Wife, husband, Christ. And, you know, at the church house, like I've pointed out to you before, Christ is the head of the church. He's the head of the man. He's head of the church. He puts pastors in your more or less as a manager, an under-shepherd. He's still the head. And I can point you to what the head shepherd will want to be and and just try to keep the right hand from squabbling with the left hand. (laughs) Keep us all as a body headed in the direction of what our head wants us to be. But like I have told you a long time, I'm not the overlord of the church. I'm the pastor of the church. And there's a whole different... There's a difference not lording over the church. And there's so many, there's pastors. I mean, you, you, you know, there's pastors. If you look crossways or, you know, if, it's, if the hymn ain't long enough or the hymn ain't you know, whatever, maybe you got a split, maybe you got it, whatever. But there again, it goes back to the men. We're going to get to them in a minute. <laughs> Probably next time around. But wives being subjected to your own husbands. Lisa comes out. She says she's not good with colors. Are these colors right? I'll say, how does these colors look? She says, you're asking the wrong person. (laughs) But she'll come out and ask me about colors. She comes out and asks me about how it fits. Is it too low? Is it too tight? Is it too this? Is it too that? And if I say it is, and you probably need to get rid of that garment, guess what? She does. There's sometimes that she doesn't feel necessarily comfortable in something that I don't see nothing wrong with. It's just that it's not, you know, what she feels comfortable in. She likes things a little bit longer, even though that's to my standard, she likes it a little bit longer. I joked around with her that she needed a, a longer skirt tonight. It's dragging the floor. <laughs> I can see the soles of your shoes. That's wicked. <laughs> no. Just I, We joke like that. But she comes out. We'll go shopping together. I've told you before. She comes out. I said, here, I like this. Go try it on. She come out. She said, how's this look? I said, or maybe you need a bigger size. Maybe you need a whatever. No, it's too low here. I don't like the cut. And she's in subjection. But she has to. That doesn't come naturally. She Within herself, it's got to be that way own husband, that if, and of course, the context of the scripture is a saved woman with a lost husband, and being in subjection to their own lost husband, if that if any obey not in word, they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. They don't come down to the church house, they don't hear the word preached, but the wife comes down to the church house and comes home and is living the Christian life before them, 
And just the way that they act toward their own husbands wins them to the Lord. While they, the husband, while they behold your chaste conversation, coupled, and coupled is italicized, but coupled is key there. So it's chaste conversation coupled like a chain link with fear. So let's break that down. Chaste conversation. Chase is free from obscenity or, in language, pure, genuine, and uncorrupt. And conversation is more than just your lip service. It's more than just your words. It's your mannerisms. It's your, your mannerisms are pure. You, you, you know, they, you, they come home and they're grumpy and they're, they're lost men. They come home and they're grumpy and they had a hard day at work and whatever, but... Your chaste conversation, your pure conversation, your livelihood before them, you know, you, you understand that they had a bad day. You try to do something for them because they've had a bad day. You speak softly and gently to them because they've had a bad day. You might meet them at the door with a glass of iced tea, hallelujah, because they've had a bad day. A long day, rough day, hot day, cold day. So chaste is free from obscenity or in a pure, genuine, and in conversation, a general course of manner. Your behavior. It's, it's pure. Your behavior is pure. You, you know, and then it goes on here in a little bit. So chaste conversation coupled with fear. Now, am I supposed to fear my husband? So there's lots of different definitions for fear. But the one we're going to pull out here is reverence. Respect. I fear my daddy. Not that he was going to kill me or anything. Although sometimes after I got <laughs> spanking, I was, whoo. But I feared him because I just, I simply respected him. And I reverenced him. And that's the same type of fear the wives are supposed to have to the husbands. A reverential fear. One, like in Psalm 23, where the wife, the sheep looks to the husband, the shepherd, in that, if you want to make application that way, and say, look, I realize that he is my provider. I realize that he is my protector. I realize he's all these things to our home, and because of that, I reverence him. There's that word fear. So fear, coupled alone together with that chase conversation, will win... Lost ladies to their lost husband, saved ladies to lost will win Christ or win their husbands to Christ. But we can just live like that, saved and saved. Whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of plaiting, of, of plaiting the hair and wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible. And that goes back to that chaste conversation. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So it's not how you dress. It's not how much makeup you put on, although it doesn't hurt that you actually comb your hair sometime between leaving for work and him getting home. (laughs) Put you some clothes on so you still look like you just got out of bed and you got your robe and house shoes on it. Four o'clock in the afternoon. What have you been doing? 
That's not what's going to get him to Christ, though. All right, and it's not, it's not all these outward stuff. And I have known those, uh, what am I talking about? Uh, what's the word I used a minute ago? Overlords that have taken this verse out of context. And you can't get in the choir in their churches unless you create the standard. There was a woman that, and a couple that used to be at Island Ford that actually t- sat in Brother Hall's office and told him, Brother Hall, that, that his wife was more holier than Sister Hall because her hair was down to here and her hemline was down to here and her sleeves was down to here and, you know. It's not the outward appearance. Again, it's that chaste conversation coupled with fear. It's the meek and quiet spirit. Which is, in the sight of God, a great price. And the Bible talks about it being an ornament. It's that hidden man. Let it be the hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible. Going back to chaste. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. That meek and quiet spirit is an ornament. That which embellishes something which added to another thing renders it more beautiful to the eye. We're not talking about the gold, the gold bracelets. No, I'm just playing. We're not talking about the bracelets or earrings. I mean, so, all right. We both had anniversaries, I think. And even though we just, me and Lisa, Lisa and I just had the dinner at the house, there's times that we go out. And I missed it, you know, one of the hard guys to live with. I just am oblivious to certain things sometimes. Sometimes I pick up on things, but I was this particular day, I missed it. I'm sorry, and I apologize to my wife. I come home at lunch, and she had fixed her hair. She had put on some makeup, and I'm, I totally missed it. The Tuesday before our wedding anniversary. I caught it later, but it was almost too late. I made up for it. <laughs> but when you say, would you like to go out, you know, date night? Would you like to go out to dinner? And you actually purpose to put on a suit, men. Ladies, purpose to put on a dress, and a nice dress, and put your hair up. Of course, if you put your hair up, what do ladies do? So they get their hair put up, and they're all looking good. But then they go over to the jewelry box, and they open it up, and they pull out some earrings, because their hair is up, so now they see the ears to, to embellish their ears, to make their ears look better. <laughs> They'll put some earrings on it to, to make the dress, even though the dress might be nice, they'll go to the jewelry box and put out a necklace, and try to find one that coordinates And they'll put on a necklace, not to draw the attention, but just to make the outfit look better. They'll go to their shoes, and they'll try to, what shoes am I going to wear? And they'll get the shoes, again, to coordinate. All of that are embellishments to the outfit. It makes it look better. Well, the meek and quiet spirit embellishes. It's the ornament that that you need, not the outward stuff. The meek and quiet spirit is what embellishes the, is the ornament. Um, 
of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. He's looking for the, the meek and quiet. So while we're there, turn with me to Proverbs 7. So just like the poles of a battery, <laughs> we're going to see the opposite right here. Of course, Proverbs 5 and 6 and 7, all through here. But 7 is where I want to get to. Verse number 6. For at the window... For at the window of my house I looked through my casement and beheld people, or beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. Passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot. See, it's not that outward. Because you can go overboard on the outward and actually become looking like something that you might not want to look like. And there is the attire of a harlot. Amen. We know that one of Jacob's son's daughter-in-law, she had the attire of a widow on. But he didn't give her the, the younger son like he was supposed to, give her to the younger son like he was supposed to, so she put on the attire of an harlot. How you dress says something about you. So he met a woman with the attire of harlot and subtle of heart. And then here's a parenthetical statement, verses 11 and 12. Just let you know something about it. Not meek and quiet. Spirit, this is the opposite. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face, I looked up the word impudent, shameless, bold, wanting modesty, unmodest. The total opposite of what we're reading that ladies' wives are supposed to be here in our text. With an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day I have paid my vows. And she leads him to his own destruction. But she's loud and stubborn and just bold. I I can give you names of women that I've known in my past, dealings, People that I've worked with, people that I've gone to church with, people that I was their teacher in Christian school, that, that fit those verses that I just read. Loud, stubborn. Again, that's not the woman that's going to be in subjection. No, I ain't going to do that. You're not going to make me. And they're just, that's not the women that, again, we're talking about in our text. So, 
Let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is, corrupt, uh, which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Now, speaking of great price, we could go to Proverbs 31. And we could look at the, the virtuous woman. If you find one of them, it's like a ruby. Great price. Very rare. Verse number five of our text. For after this manner, in the old time, holy women. It's not just Sarah in the next verse. There was a plurality of women that felt this way. Holy women, plural. All through the Old Testament. I know that you know, at least at one time took my, my book from Mr. Lockyer, All the Women of the Bible. There were some bad ladies or bad women of the Bible, <laughs> kind of like Proverbs 7. But there were some good ones. I mean, Abigail, you know, she was a wise woman. I mean, David was getting ready to go kill her husband, her, her first husband. But she, the way that she handled David and treated on, on what's-his-name's behalf, she was pretty wise. Of course, he wound up dying, and she became David's wife, one of his wives. But and again, she didn't, you know, she had some wisdom about it. Throughout the world, there's, there's some, some women, Ruth, Esther, lots of different, again, and, and Ruth was in subjection to Naomi. Again, she said, I will be. Let you, I'm going to follow you. Your people be my people. Your God will be my God. She fell into subjection under the older woman. And then under her guidance, we know the story because we dealt with it, under her guidance, she said, look, this is what you need to do. Go down to his field. When she found that she has favor, go down to his threshing floor. Wait. Don't let you be seen. Go in at night. You know, give him your petition. He'll do you right. And at her direction, she was in subjection. And then when Boaz told her what she needed to do, here, go back to your mother-in-law, take all this extra and just wait. Of course, Naomi's saying, just wait. Ruth was in subjection the whole time. So it wasn't just Sarah in the next verse. All these holy women of old and all these examples here in the Word of God of these women that were this way. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, again, plural, being in subjection to their own, there's that word again, husbands. So there's examples, you, you know, and, and, I, and I've kind of said this in the past, you know, being a divorced kid and dad being around every other weekend and two weekends out of the year or two weeks in the summer. That was his visitation rights. So... Not having the example. I mean, I had stepdads. Some of them weren't a good example, and some of them wasn't an example at all, bad example. So I looked to the men of the church to try to find somebody that I could pattern my life after. And, I, and I've said there that one family in the church, even though they had their issues, they were still... A solid family, you know, he's been married over 50 years now. And, you know, that you know, just the, the children and a, a whole family unit that I had no understanding of because I was divorced when I was five. And to see 
an example that I could look to because I couldn't look to my natural family. I picked out and there was somebody that I could look to. Well, here in the Word of God, when we don't have the natural examples, or maybe we do, but it's not necessarily what we grew up in, but we can look to the examples of these attributes that we are supposed to be (laughs) in ourselves. Going back to the last chapter when we talked about the servants and the master, Joseph is a beautiful picture of that. He fell into subjection under Potiphar till he was lied on. But but before he was lied on, Potiphar was just like, here, run my house. And trusted in him that much because he fell under subjection. Once he was thrown into prison, he fell under subjection of the the prison keeper and Joseph ran the whole prison. He found his place. He beat beat in subjection to the one that was overseeing him. So he's an example that we can look to, servants and masters. He fell under Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, here, you'll be number two under me. Here's my kingdom running. But he was still under subjection to Pharaoh. And God showed him favor. But he's an example that we can look to, men, in our leadership, in our servitude, if you want to put it that way. Both in his life. And here in the Old Old Testament and throughout the scriptures, There are women, ladies, that you can look to that were the example. And she gives you one by name in the next passage of Scripture here. Verse number 6. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as 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 long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. And so... Again, he gives, uh, the, the Word of God gives you now a woman by name to look to. He, she fell into subjection. Even when it was wrong. Now listen, we're going to go down here in Egypt. Don't tell nobody you're my, you're my wife. Let's tell them you're my sister, which is kind of, you know, not a full lie. But what, it, I mean, it caused problems. But what she do? She did what her husband told her to do. Where did the blame fall by doing that? On the husband. (laughs) Abraham, really? But she was an example. I called him Lord. I served him. God blessed him. You know the story. But she followed her husband. Was in subjection to him. And again, that Lord is not the Lord over. You know, the Lord is simply going back to that fear. Fallen under his authority, falling under his leadership, falling under his protection. Yes. What? Right, little L Lord, right. It's a little L Lord, but still it's it's showing that she reverenced him as her husband. Little L Lord. Not the Lord over with the whip and taskmaster men, but a leader. You lead right, they'll follow right. (laughs) Hopefully. Unless they're one of those Proverbs 7 women. That's not going to follow nobody. Stubborn and loud. God help us. And help us to raise our little girls, to raise Proverbs 31 women. (laughs) 
and not Proverbs 7 women. Lord help us. But again, there's examples in the Word of God, ladies, that you can look to. The, the one big takeaway here that we've seen in our servants, that we've seen here in our wives, in verse number 7, likewise ye husbands dwell. Okay, it doesn't say be, <laughs> but finally be ye in the next one. But likewise ye husbands. And we're going to get to the husbands next time and probably later on in the, in the, in the brethren. So the word be, look, it, it doesn't come naturally. You have to purpose in your heart to be this way. And I think that was one of the biggest takeaways, that I, both as a servant to the master, but then likewise, you wives to your own husbands. Be in subjection. Again, that's not an easy thing sometimes. Flesh is flesh. We're hard to live with. Lisa said, amen. No. <laughs> well, the Lord's been gracious and, uh, to us. And uh, so and we're going to talk about the husbands dwelling with the wives next time. I didn't get that far in my, in my studies. Uh, and I thought I'd be actually longer than that. But be something that you have to purpose in your heart to do within yourselves. And we'll pick up the next time, uh, the next part in our next lesson. And now a little earlier than normal, but that's okay. We'll have a little out of an hour instead of an hour and a half. All right, I appreciate, appreciate the day. Appreciate the Lord sending in some visitors today. And what a blessing it is. All right. Well, yeah, let's have a song of invitation. I don't know. Let's just have a song. We'll sing and then we'll be dismissed. And maybe, you know, any of us, men as a, men as a servant or husbands or wives as a husband, or I mean, Women as a wife or whatever, if you have something to pray for, just pray for uh, some other needs not necessarily addressed today, tonight in the lesson. If you have a prayer need, the altars will be open as we sing a song, and then we'll just have the time we can come and talk to the Lord about whatever you need to talk to the Lord about.